Hi everyone, welcome to the fifth episode of Lifetimes with Carissa Santos, the podcast. In this episode, we will be talking about money, how to budget, how to save, and how to grow your money. So my guest for today is Sky Makayan. Sky is a licensed financial advisor and law student at the University of the East College of Law. Hi Sky, how are you today? Hi, Carissa. I was very excited when you accepted my invitation for the podcast interview because I know that this topic can help a lot of people, especially those who are coping with COVID-related financial stress. Yes, I was excited as well because for the past few days, I've been talking to potential clients and I also realized from uh, their stories that they're also having a hard time because this pandemic really took a toll for uh, with their finances. Yeah, and so many people are losing their jobs. Yeah, uh, also, my other clients as well, they, they uh, talk to me. They're going to ask me, how do I uh, cope with this? I don't have an emergency fund. I don't have extra money. Then I just lost a job. So, Shempra, at first, um, it really hurts me to see other people that don't have a backup and then they just lost their job. I mean, they, they, we didn't even ask for this pandemic. So this is... Yeah, yeah, so this really uh, can help others uh, for me to discuss how to save or um, to tackle topics on things that people actually don't learn in school. So, yeah, so this is actually like a free lesson. <laughs> exactly. And it's crazy how this is something that we all need to know, but it's not taught in school. Yes. So can you share a little bit of your background? Why did you become a financial advisor? Okay, sure. So... Um, so again, I'm a licensed financial advisor. My company is Sun Life Financial Philippines. And also, I'm a working law student in the University of the East College of Law. Yeah. How do you balance and all that? <laughs> I honestly don't know. No, I'm, uh, well, siguro it comes from my background then. I'm also a student athlete. I've been a student athlete since I was in elementary school and it taught me discipline. It taught me how to balance my studies, how to balance my time well. So yeah, cigarette comes just, it just comes naturally from the core of discipline. Yeah, I agree. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, why did I become a financial advisor? Well, honestly speaking, um, before when I was in high school, elementary or in college then, uh, I really didn't know how to handle my finances. And of course, it wasn't really taught to us in school. Uh, I'm about. I have a bachelor's degree in political science, and what do we know about yeah. <laughs> um, money management? I mean, it wasn't even taught to us. And uh, I wanted to become a financial advisor because since it's not taught in school, I want to have this advocacy of spreading financial literacy for free. Um, I give my services for free to people who want to achieve financial freedom because I don't want anyone else to experience what I've experienced in the past yeah because even for some people they think that obtaining that financial freedom seemed impossible for them yeah yeah so uh, let's talk about budgeting how do you budget do you use any rule mm, what i use and what i also teach to my clients and my potential clients i have two rules actually which have which are the same naman mm -hmm. first is the 60 20 20 rule and the 50 30 20 rule so in terms of budgeting um, we have to base this on your monthly income or, for students, their monthly allowance. So, uh, let's say, for example, um, for a student, let's say for a student, mm -hmm. your, your monthly allowance is, let's say, 15000 So, let's try to apply the 60-20-20 rule. When we say 60-20-20, 
this is how you allocate your um, money to things that you actually spend on. So 60% is for your expenses, which include your needs and yeah. your wants. So your needs is like your rent, uh, electricity, water, groceries, etc. And the wants, um, Lazada, Shopee, <laughs> Shopee online uh, shopping. Yeah, exactly. So let's say, for example, 15000 And what is... 60% of 15,000, it's 9,000. So, uh, 9,000 uh, is allotted for your expenses. That's for the fixed needs, one, right? Very once, yes. It's it's fixed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then 20%. So, there's two 20%. So, 20%, uh, it's for your emergency fund. And uh, this is where I teach my clients the importance of an emergency fund, most especially now during the pandemic. Because an emergency fund is a kind of savings account where you put money there and you don't touch it. You don't spend any of it. Only for emergencies like job loss. Temporary job loss, mm-hmm. um, no source of monthly income. So that's the importance of having an emergency fund. So your 20% of your monthly income or allowance goes to the emergency fund. So for a 15000 worth of um, monthly income, what is 20% of that? It is 3000 So you just put 3000 there every month and you just wait for it to grow in case you need it. And just a side topic, for the emergency fund, it is very ideal that you set aside a fund that is three to six times worth your uh, monthly income for you to stay safe. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. If your monthly income or allowance is 15000 times three, so I'm uh, using yeah, 45. You're so quick. <laughs> I'm using a calculator <laughs> to be sure. Yeah, so that's 45. 45,000. So for, yeah, for three uh, three months worth. And then for uh, six, it's 90,000. So 45 to 90,000 is actually really safe for you if you have 15,000 worth of monthly income. Because let's say, for example, you lose your job. Yeah. That you know, you have a fund right away that can keep you sustained for three months, mm-hmm. which is 45,000 pesos. So yeah, that's basically where, uh, that's basically why you set aside 20% for the emergency fund. And then lastly, the uh, other 20% is for your savings or your investment account. So what's the difference between savings and your emergency fund? Well, they are both a form of, they are both a form of savings account, but mm-hmm. the emergency fund, you just don't touch it. At unless all. there's an yeah. emergency. Yeah. Don't touch it at all. And then the savings account, you just put your money there. You save. The, that savings account can be used for future purposes like uh, you're going to pursue another degree or for tuition or for your 60% na expenses. Or for a if specific you, goal. Yes, exactly. Or like you want to travel somewhere else. That's what your savings account is for. And then you can also set aside for your investments if you want your money to grow or work for you. Mm, wow, that was so informative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, that's, that's actually just the 60-20-20. And the 50-30-20 rule is actually the same thing, but it's an allocation that's different from the 60-20-20, whereas the 50% is for your needs, mm-hmm. 30% is for your wants, and 20% is for your savings and investment. So the only difference is you don't set aside for your emergency fund. So, yeah, that's the only difference. Which one are you doing yeah. right now for yourself? Oh, for myself, I'm doing the 60-20-20 because since um, I, well, before I was doing the 50-30-20 yeah. and then I, I didn't really expect to have this pandemic. So I got scared. I switched <laughs> it up 
Yeah, especially yeah. up to the 60-20-20 because we'll never know. Things like this happen pala talaga mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah. It's best to just be prepared for it. Exactly, yeah. That's what you call um, financial planning and money management. Wow, I just learned so many new terms today. <laughs> yeah, and that's my first question. It's really a wide variety of lessons to understand. And it's not really taught in school. So that's why it's important, yeah. It's quite overwhelming. No one really wants to talk about money, right? Especially if you recently graduated, you don't really want to dive into that topic just yet. Exactly. I agree with you there. There's this certain taboo here in the Philippines that when you ask, let's say, for example, we're in a party and then it's really a sensitive topic when you ask someone, so how much is your monthly income? It's going to be an offense on their part. Mm -hmm. And um, as a financial advisor, we actually ask our clients straight to the point that we ask them, uh, what's your fin- what's your monthly income? And we don't want them to take it offensively. We just want to know uh, how much they have and where they are now. And I think I think the only reason why it's taken offensively here in the Philippines is because mm-hmm. we have this mentality of um, having more where others have less. And when you have more, you're in the good side. Yeah. When you have less, you're in the bad side. So yeah, it's really about uh, a common mentality that's a bit negative on our I really hope that changes soon, though. And I hope that people start talking about money and how to handle it better. Even when you're having conversation with friends, right? It's good to talk about it, to share what Mm -hmm. you know and what you don't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, even in college, we don't really talk about, um, so how much is your monthly allowance? I mean, well, you can ask it if you're really close. But, like... Uh, you can ask it in a from a pl- from a good place like oh do you do you want me to help you budget and then you know you can just be open to having help. Mm-hmm. I definitely yeah. agree with that. So mm. how do you balance your budget with self reward? This is very hard. <laughs> <laughs> so self reward meaning like the typical shopee, you know, check out yeah. like that or anything that can uh, serve as a reward for my hard work. Mm-hmm. I still uh, consider reward expenses as part of my 60% allocation. So whatever I allocate for or in my 60%, I just uh, get it from there. But I also teach my clients, if they really do spend a lot on self-reward, I, I can't blame them. I mean, you, you deserve a self-reward every now and then. Mm-hmm. So this is what I teach them. Um, I always teach them that you always have to keep three accounts separate. So this is optional. If you, if gastadora ka talaga, <laughs> Um, you, you can keep these three accounts separate. So first is your payroll mm-hmm. if you're working or you can also have your separate emergency fund account. You can have the savings account separate. And also, if um, you have extra money, you can put it in your fun or happy account. This is where you put your money where you consider traveling for fun or self-reward. Uh, you want to save up for that skincare set that you really want. <laughs> yeah. You want to save up for that makeup set. Go ahead. Uh, as long splurge. as, yeah, you can splurge as long as you save up for it in a separate account. Because why do we keep it separate? Because we don't want to have our money mixed together and we don't track it well. Mm-hmm. That's the importance of tracking and how to track. You keep 
a separate account for your needs and for your wants and self-reward, yeah. It's funny how you mentioned the separation of accounts because I actually had two accounts in one bank. And what I would do is I would transfer money to my savings account, but then I'm like, oh, I actually want to buy this, but... I would pull some more money from my savings account and bring it back to checking account. So what I did was I just opened a new savings account in a different bank. So I really would not touch it. Mm, That's that's good. That's a good practice as well. Yeah. Mm -mm. So what advice can you give to people who are living paycheck to paycheck? How can they start saving? Uh, First of all, uh, paycheck to paycheck, if uh, those that don't know what paycheck to paycheck means is that uh, basically it means it's those kind of people that do not have a system of budget allocation if they receive their paycheck they put it to their regular expenses and honestly it's okay mm-hmm. it's it's okay in a sense that if you really can't or if you really don't have that extra mula to uh, <laughs> put in other means and it's okay live paycheck to paycheck but you always have to start somewhere what i always um tell my clients for those that uh, used to live paycheck to paycheck if is first you have to be aware i teach them that the first step is awareness they have to ask themselves where am i now so how is my uh, system of savings do i even save in the first place and as part of financial planning it's you this is where financial monitoring comes in um i have this excel sheet Mm-hmm. that I teach to my clients. Uh, well, now we have Zoom meetings. I teach them how to monitor your finances for them to be aware of where they are now. So uh, this is actually the stressful part that yeah. they encounter because they didn't know that they actually spend like 30000 on this certain thing. They spend 50000 on this. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're stressed because wow, I, they tell me, wow, I didn't know that. So that's where your self-realization and awareness comes in. Okay, this is where I am now. The second step is you have to ask yourself, where do you want to be? And yeah. that means uh, what do you want uh, to achieve in life? For example, that extra degree or your self-reward or those life milestones certain person at a certain time achieve like uh, marriage, that first car, that first, first house. house. Yeah, those, those life milestones. Those, so that's where you ask yourself, where do you want to be? Another part of financial planning is the financial needs analysis. And this is where a financial advisor comes in because, well, I'm not sure with other insurance companies, pero with Sun Life, we have this um, future planner where mm-hmm. we calculate how much you need to save now for you to achieve that certain life milestone. So let's say, for example, uh, you tell me that you want to save up for your car. After seven years, you want to achieve that car. And currently, it is at 1,400,000 pesos. So I input the uh, informations in the application. And then I also input the expected inflation rate so that it can be accurate. Yeah. So here in the Philippines, the average... Uh, inflation rate for the past years has been five six percent so it calculates and then there it's going to show how much you need to save right now for you to achieve that certain life milestone after seven years it's very convenient 
Yes, mm-hmm. and that's the second step. That's what you call financial needs analysis. So once you uh, answer those two questions, where I am, where am I now, and where do I want to be, you can choose to consult a financial advisor, or if uh, you're really independent, you can research about financial literacy, financial freedom. Actually, we have a very famous financial planner here in the Philippines. His name mm-hmm. is Randall Pyongson. He posts on YouTube uh, financial tips. Uh, Stocks 101 and for free it's on YouTube and there's also Dr. Sanjay Tolani he's a globally awarded financial advisor that teaches for free he's also on YouTube? yeah he's also on YouTube oh perfect yes What type of savings accounts are there? Well, actually, we've been taught that there is 15. Wow, <laughs> There's 15, 15. kinds of savings accounts. Yes, actually, when I, was in, I know, when I was in college, I only had one, and that was yeah. just the typical bank account. And then, uh, being a financial advisor, I learned that there's 15. Like, wow, okay, so I have a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was shocked well, when you said 15. Right? It's 15. Uh, just to name some, uh, the most well-known mm-hmm. kind of savings account is the deposit savings account. So this is usually your bank accounts. And next is your money market. Actually, the money market accounts are really the ones that are booming right now because some people right now, especially during this pandemic, want passive income. Yeah. The money market accounts share this same characteristic naman with the deposit. But they have additional features like check writing but are still limited to some transactions. Mm -hmm. And while the interest rates are similar to the savings account like the deposit account, however, these money markets can be used in the same way as savings accounts. They are funded differently by the financial institutions. So they earn more but it depends on the financial institutions offering them. And then another well-known is the high-interest savings account, which uh, is no different than the savings account, except that it pays significantly higher interest rate. I think that's what I have. But you have to have a higher deposit. Actually, yes. The difference between this higher interest savings account with the deposit savings account is, uh, as far as I know, BDO or BPI, the minimum is 3000 for you to start. Mm-hmm. I think here, I remember, as far as I remember, high interest savings account, you need 20 or 15 because it, uh, the name itself, it pays higher interest rates. You have to have more savings in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you have to maintain a certain amount. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, next is, oh, well, there's last two, joint savings account, which is you are sharing a savings account with another person. Mm-hmm. And the important advantage naman with the joint savings account is that uh, increases differ in terms of the insurance account um, in relation to that uh, specific bank. Mm, okay. Yes. So if uh, this, this joint savings account is very popular with couples, couples that are married or not married. And lastly, student savings account. So these student savings account, because there are students right now that are minor and then they want to have student loans, they start having a student savings account. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. yeah, so those are the popular savings accounts here in the Philippines. Although I can't name all of it. Not <laughs> all 15. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Sky, I want to ask you, is a CD account under money market account? Well, actually, it's not because, um, well, for those who uh, don't know yet, the CD account or known as the Certificate of Deposit is actually a low-risk savings. 
So um, in the money market, it's more of a higher, mm-hmm. high risk or higher interest. This one is a low risk savings. And um, basically, the CD account pays more interest than standard savings account while keeping your money invested in a safe way. Although uh, it is safer, it means that it will also have a penalty for making a withdrawal before maturity. So what do you mean by um Maturity. Maturity means at the end of the contract per mm-hmm. se. Yeah. So if you withdraw, there's a penalty and it depends on um, the terms and conditions of your account. So regarding CD accounts, patience is actually the key. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, was, I was looking into it and normally the maturation is in terms of years. And I wanted to yeah. ask you if it's even worth it to buy a CD mm-hmm. from banks. Well, um, in a general sense, it's always going to depend on what your priorities are right now. So if you want um, faster money, you Mm -hmm. go to the stock market. If you want um, a CD account, it means that you want to keep your money safe and protected. You're not going to touch it. You're just going to let it increase per interest rate. Mm, I see. Yeah, so it always it's always going to depend on your priorities. Again, we go back to awareness and where do you want to be. So let's talk about short-term savings versus long-term savings. Where mm. should the money go for each? Okay, actually this is a good um, topic as well because most of my clients are going for short-term and how I'm trained as a financial advisor. I think long-term. And since since I want to cater to my clients' needs, I researched about short-term, mid-term, and long-term and the differences between the three and how you allocate your money and how long they take. So yeah. uh, there's this short-term savings where it is for the goals you need in less than five years. So usually these are your day-to-day expenses and your emergency fund. So mm-hmm. you allocate your money in the bank savings account or a time deposit. A time deposit is a low risk and also a potential low return kind of account. So that's where your short-term uh, goals and savings should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the next one is the midterm. Midterm savings are actually five to seven years goals and what are these these are your car home businesses or your travels so what you can do is you can put it in a mutual funds account or a vul a vul is actually an insurance with investment policy insurance account it is a low to medium risk and it is also a low to medium potential return so usually this is like in the middle of short term and long term Yeah, because these kinds of goals, you can achieve it agad-agad naman in in a bigger sense. Mm -hmm. But the only problem is how can you make your money grow at that short amount of time? Yeah. Yeah, because the difference is going to our next and last is the long-term. Long-term savings usually take more than seven years. And it can be from seven years until the time you retire. So what is this? So this is your retirement and your educational fund. Actually, not really your educational fund, but the educational fund of your children. Okay. So, so yeah, where you put your money for your retirement and education fund. Again, mutual funds and a VUL or it can be traditional insurance accounts. These um, 
policies are usually high risk and also they have high potential return. I say high potential, low potential, and medium potential because these are based on the stock market. Um, Of course, the stock market is very volatile. So you'll never know where your money is now. It can grow, it can go down, Mm -hmm. it can grow, it go down. So it's always going to be potential. And that's where risk management comes in. And that's how you should know what your short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals are. I didn't even know there was a midterm one. So thank you for telling me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. Actually, uh, most of my uh, clients always are surprised that there's actually a midterm. Uh, when I first found out about it, I, did, I really didn't know. Yeah. But of course, there's going to be a midterm. And you have to have the middle of things. A car is not really a short term. Mm-hmm. Cars are, Car goals are not really a long term. So yeah, midterm. So how can you grow your money? Now that we're talking about the stock market and... VUL. Mm-hmm. When is the right time to invest and what's the safest option? Well, how to grow your money? First, of course, if you want to start growing your money, you can always have an active um, income or a passive income. So, what do we mean by active income? Well, basically, this is the money you earn from working. And also, if you want to start investing in the stock market, you can be an active trader because um, being an active trader means that you're glued to your whatever gadget you use to study the stock market and then you study it from morning until 12 noon because that's where the stock market closes. And then you trade shares. That's called active trading. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And if you... Uh, want to have a passive income for your money to grow, I suggest to my clients that they open multiple streams of passive incomes. First, I well, of course, I'm a financial advisor. I can offer them mutual funds. I can offer them investment with insu- uh, investment-linked insurance policies where it's also linked to the stock market. But the only difference is that they don't have to go through the daily routine of waking up early and then um, managing their own account in the stock market, what's going to happen is I'm going to manage their account while they just, you know... Um, sleep. <laughs> yeah, they can sleep. After that, that's literally sleeping while, while making your money grow. Because yeah. you, you, have your, you have me as a financial advisor to monitor it for you. Uh, I also tell them to... You can have a Gcash account. You can start investing with BPI, BDO. Uh, since you have a bank account and you want to just have your money there, and um, also naman ngayon yung mobile banking, mm-hmm. you can just yeah, you can just uh, transfer, transfer your money, yeah, transfer your money to GCash, PayMaya, PayPal, BPI, BDO, and let it grow. Actually, those accounts that I mentioned very low risk in terms of uh, money growth. So if you are a conservative. Mm, investor you go with the low risk accounts like those okay and uh when is the right time to invest well going back for you to have money to invest you have to have an income flow regardless where it comes from allowance or from your work Mm -hmm. and the best time to start investing is when you actually are knowledgeable about investments because the term investing doesn't necessarily mean that you're investing your money. You can be emotionally invested. You can be um, invested in a certain relationship or yeah. in a certain field of work. And it applies as well with money. If you're not ready 
if you're not uh, knowledgeable, if you're not mentally, spiritually, and physically <laughs> ready, you, uh, I suggest you don't invest first because investing is a risk. Mm-hmm. So um, being in love is a risk. Having friends is a risk because you can lose friends. Yeah. Um, co- connections are a risk. And the biggest risk of all is uh, putting money in an account or investing money in things you really don't know about. So the right time to invest is after you research, after you gain knowledge about it, and when you are emotionally, spiritually, and mentally ready. Mm, that's the best answer. And, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you. And what's the safest option? Uh, what do you mean by the safest option, Teresa? I guess like the low-risk one, especially for beginners. Ooh. Actually, yeah, exactly. So the safest for a person to invest their money in is the low-risk kind of investment. Meaning, it doesn't really grow much and there's potential low return because it's a low risk. Yeah. So, you, you can't expect like a low risk and a high return. return. I mean, or you can expect that. I mean, it it's like a divine intervention if that happens. <laughs> yeah. But usually, yeah, in terms of investing, low risk means low return. Pero, it just means that you're conservative. Isn't that's very safe? I see. What do you think is considered a good debt? Do they also use the one's credit score in the Philippines when it comes to determining interest for loans? Okay, um, a good debt. Well, a debt can be paid back in uh, three ways, if I can explain it further. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you to pay back debt, there are three ways. And the third option is the good debt. The first one is snowball method where you can focus on the smallest debt. Mm -hmm. As you clear each debt at a time, you gain confidence and freedom. So that's like uh, taking small steps. And then the avalanche method. So it's more on the snow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the avalanche method, the name itself, you focus on clearing the debt that has the higher interest first and paying minimum to the rest. So the goal is to get rid of the most toxic debt first. So like I think avalanche. I'm I'm more of that person. <laughs> I do more the avalanche approach. <laughs> yeah, you use the avalanche approach. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I mean, because when you go one time, big time, it's actually a huge weight off your shoulders mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, going back, this is the good kind of debt, the consolidation method, where you take on a new debt that pays multiple debts. So all your debts will be combined into one larger debt with lower interest, interest. rates or money uh, monthly payment. So yeah, that's what I call the good debt, the consolidation method. Your second question is, uh, do we use credit yeah. score here in the Philippines? Well, actually, yes, we do use credit score here. For the listeners, what is credit score? If you don't know, a credit score is actually the three-digit number that evaluates how likely you are to pay off a loan. So it's like, um, someone evaluating you if you can loan or not. It incorporates all kinds of financial information about you from the time you first opened a bank account um, when you applied for your credit card or you start asking for loans. So um, how do you know your credit score here in the Philippines? Well, many Filipinos think credit score only matters when you need to be approved for a loan. Yeah. But yeah, it can affect actually a bunch of things like your insurance, to employment opportunities. And, um, well, you can go to a bank and ask about how your credit 
score credit is actually how to get your uh, credit report. So first, mm-hmm. it, you have to go to the uh, website, CIC. That's on the website. And then uh, there's an instruction there to know what's your credit score. You just have to follow those steps and then download and print your application form for your loan. Wow, that's a lot of process. <laughs> it's actually just uh, six steps. Oh, but is it? The, okay. It's just six steps as far as I remember. But the thing is, the only hard part is you have to get your credit report and then you have to carefully read those terms and conditions because you'll never know what you're agreeing to. Yeah. And then you have to provide uh, personal information. But if you really want to know your credit score, you just have to follow the steps. That's crazy because I'm based in the U.S. and I can see my credit score automatically. We use FICO. Well, I use FICO. You can access it through your bank account by just like one click. Yeah, so I think it's because it's very common here in the States to use your credit score. Yeah, actually, um, actually, the thing is, I f- uh, as far as I remember, based on my research as well, in the States, they have credit score because there is a centralized credit reporting, while as here in the Philippines, there is no centralized credit um, reporting. So that's why there is a process. You have to apply. Okay. Yeah, you have to apply for you to know your credit score. Okay. See, I, I didn't even know that. I didn't know there was even like a process until you told me. Yeah. I'm not sure how retirement funds work in the Philippines. Is there also a 401k or IRA? Okay. Well, here in the Philippines, there are five retirement fund methods here in the Philippines. So um, one of the best known is your pension plans. The pension plans here in the Philippines, the most well-known is the Social Security System or the SSS. So these pension plans provide you with monthly allowances when you're a senior citizen or a whole lump sum amounting to your total contributions. As far as I remember, the current pension plan here is 8000 per month. Mm, okay. And honestly speaking, I don't think that's enough to <laughs> to fund your yourself. <laughs> retirement. Yeah, for your retirement, like 8000 per month. And so again, I'm getting my calculator and I'm going to times it by 12. So yearly, you get 96,000. I really don't think <laughs> that's, enough. that's enough. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, this is how it is here in the Philippines. So that's your pension plan here. And uh, going back to your second question, you thought you asked if it's like there's also for one for one k and the ira well um this is uh, another thing that filipinos don't really know it's the pera or the personal equity retirement account and this has mm-hmm. been um implemented in 2016 so maybe that's why people don't know about it yet it's actually relatively new pretty new yeah and um this is a filipino counterpart of the 41 uh, 401k and the IRA of the United States. Mm, so okay. basically, yeah, we do have that. And it's called PERA. So PERA is actually a retirement investment plan that can be only availed through banks, insurance companies, or any other uh, accredited by the Banco Central of ng Pilipinas or BSP, the Insurance Commission okay. and all. So uh, PERA is also voluntarily uh, a retirement contribution plan that gives you the freedom to save and invest up to 100,000 pesos annually. And it's actually tax-free, so that's good. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what you want. <laughs> that's what you want to get one. 
Yeah. So, um, but I hope they don't tax you when you get it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the non-tax part as well is the uh, transfer of beneficiaries, and actually, I think that's good as well. Yeah. Mm-mm. You have the pension plans. You have para. You also have the insurance plan. So, um, as a financial advisor, I also offer insurance uh, policies to my clients because it can also help them save up or they can invest their money for them to use it when they retire. Why? Because um, going back to the pension plan, I, I don't believe it's enough. Well, it's good to have mm-hmm. one, but yeah. it's not enough for you to train your lifestyle when you retire. So mm-hmm. um, insurance plans is another way to invest your retirement because other insurance plans, like what I offer to my clients, we have guaranteed cash benefits. Like for example, um, if you want to have um, a retirement fund that's higher than 8,000, you go with the guaranteed benefits. It can go up to 80,000 per two years. And I, I think, wow. yeah, I think that's enough. <laughs> and yeah, you can receive money uh, until the day you die or until age 100. So, um, that's what an insurance plan can do. And another thing is, another taboo topic here in the Philippines is insurance. So, maybe mm-hmm. that's why, um, one, the only way for you to have a retirement fund is to have the pension plan is because they don't know about pera, insurance, insurance plans, yeah. yeah, financial or real estate. Because it's another taboo topic. Or whenever I yeah. whenever I ask my friends if they want to avail an insurance policy, it's like they feel uncomfortable. They yeah. they feel as if they don't want to talk about it, and I completely understand because if I, even before, if I think if I weren't a financial advisor right now, and I'm just mm-hmm. you know I'm just a law student, I'm going to think of ways not to talk to that person. But again, yeah, yeah. But again, going back to awareness, where I am now, it's going to be a really big deal for you to have an insurance plan because it can substitute for that uh, little 8,000 that's provided to us. Okay. Uh, in a general sense, I can say that we need insurance. But another question is, what type of insurance do you really need? And that's where we go back to our self-awareness. What is your priority right now? I have clients that, uh, that tell me my priority is my child's education plan. Okay, I'll give you this type of insurance plan. Mm-hmm. Um, Sky, my priority right now is I'm going to send myself to med school in three years oh okay i'll give you this insurance plan it's really about knowing yourself and knowing what you really want and your priorities in life so um some insurance plans are pure insurance so if you want to focus on your health you Mm -hmm. go with the pure insurance if you're the type of person that uh, wants to start investing at the same time you want to be insured you go with an investment linked insurance where uh, that's what we call VUL that's our best product in uh, Sun Life I'm not sure with other insurance okay. companies but yeah we have investment with insurance products and if you want to focus on just investing we have mutual funds we have peer insurance policies and yeah, so you just tell us what you need and we'll provide it for you. But as long as you're ready to commit to it. That's nice how it's specific and not something yeah, general. So my last question for you is, is well, life insurance worth of it? Of course, uh, I don't want to be a hypocrite and say no. <laughs> but um, but <laughs> yeah. uh, coming from my perspective as a financial advisor, I've done my research, I'm knowledgeable about uh, insurance and investment policies right now. Uh, life insurance mm-hmm. is worth it 
for me because well if you're going to have um one of my perspectives my first perspective is and it's very harsh again but death is very certain mm-hmm. There are a lot of uncertainties yeah. in our lives, but the one thing is certain is our death. So why mm-hmm. not make money out of it? It may seem very um, morbid, <laughs> very negative in the eyes of others, but what I mean by making money out of our death is death is it's very untimely. You can die any any time, and I want to be realistic when I say that it can happen to anyone. So yeah. you don't want to leave your family sad and at the same time without money, because since death is untimely, they're going to pick from their own savings account and use it for your death. So when you die, do you want to keep your family financially unstable or do you still want to keep them stable even if you're not around so that's one of the perspectives mm-hmm. i see in the worthiness of life insurance keeping my family stable even if i'm not around yeah. another uh, perspective i see in life insurance is well it can be beneficial both in death and also living benefits that's where the um funds the investment side comes in uh personally uh i have my own funds as well i pay for my own tuition in law school mm-hmm. and of course um personally is since it's my money i want to use it wisely and also uh being a financial advisor is my only line of work right now okay. and i tell my clients you shouldn't have one source of income so yeah. Me, I chose to uh, step up and get an insurance with investment policy, and every year it's growing. And sometimes I also check my GCash, my BPI, my BDO. And the thing is, while I'm having these living benefits, I'm very satisfied by the thought that I have money growing in my life insurance with investment policy account. So it gives me that peace of mind. Na, yeah, it gives me that peace of mind that even if I'm I still yeah. I'm still having this one source of income from my one job and still being a law student, I have this peace of mind that I'm insured. Anything that happens to me, I'm yeah, okay. good. I still have money. I'm okay. And that's what I really uh, want to advocate for uh, Filipinos that insurance does not have to be a very taboo topic. Just because death is taboo, money is taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, your source of income is taboo. If you want to talk about it, I'm here. We can do something about it because everything is uncertain. Death is certain. Also, uh, the good thing is, since we are in a progressive time, mm-hmm. I have this client that told me, uh, life insurance is not worth it for me because I don't think since we're here in the Philippines, yeah. uh, my, my client's part of the LGBT community. So um, he's gay, he's open about it, and he, he's mm-hmm. proud. But the thing is, since he, he won't have any beneficiaries and he won't be able to marry his partner, he said life insurance is not worth it for him. And I told him, well, the good news is uh, recently the insurance commission just said that your partner, in the uh, even if you're part of the LGBT community, can still be your beneficiary. So oh. that's one of the good things. Okay. Yeah, it's one of the good progressive movements of the insurance commission here in the Philippines right now, even if the Philippines is still conservative about it. Wow. Well, that's a really good move. I think that will help a lot of people get into the idea of talking about life insurance. 
it's a good thing that we're taking steps towards progression. I love that. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Sky, for having this conversation with me today. Oh, thank you, Teresa. I had fun. I've learned so much. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that your inputs gave everyone who listened to the podcast a better idea on how to manage their finances properly. Oh, yeah. I hope so too. Actually, the reason why I also agreed as well is it, it also gave me an opportunity to have a wider uh, audience mm-hmm. so that, uh, of course, I can't offer my services to anyone, but yeah. this is a smart move so that if they don't want to talk to me personally, they can just listen to your episode. It's perfect. And for people who want more advice or those who want to improve their financial journey, how can they get in contact with you or your team? Oh, okay. Um, well, I have my personal Facebook account, Sky Makayan, S-K-Y. And uh, you can also reach me through my page. I have a page on FB. I started it last May because I want to have a more audience. Yeah. So it's Your, your Life Abogada. That's really cute. (laughs) Actually, people might be confused why it's Your Life Abogado. Well, in Sun Life, we have this nickname, Your Life Partner for Mm. Life. So that's why it's Your Life Partner. But since I want to be a lawyer, Your Life Abogada. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so people can reach me through my personal FB account and my uh, page. And I offer services for free. So yeah, that's it. It's perfect. And that's it for today's episode. I hope that we were able to help anyone who's dealing with all the financial stress that COVID has brought about. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.